1: JJ, by the way, pastor here at Journey Church. I look forward to meeting so many of you new people uh, at the end of the worship experience. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew 11, chapter 20. Chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. If not, it will be on the screen. And you can just read along with us. All right, so let's, let's read. It's a great, great passage. Jesus is speaking to tired people, exhausted people. He says this. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. I don't know if you know, but God doesn't want you to work for him. He wants you to work with him. You work with him together. You guys are a team. Work with me. Watch how I do it. I love this. Look at this line. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. If you ever left church on a Sunday morning, heavier than when you came in, I just want you to know, I don't know what you heard, but it wasn't the gospel. The gospel lightens your load. It doesn't heavy your load. You don't leave here feeling guilty. You leave here feeling free. I won't lay anything heavier or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Uh, I'll pray in a moment, but I would like for you to just tell uh, three people, if you can, get to know the neighbor around you. Tell them the title of today's talk, The Rhythms of Grace. The Rhythms of Grace. Let me pray for you, and then you can have a seat. Father, I thank you so much for what you're doing. We thank you for the day. We pray that you would move in our lives, change us, build us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. The rhythms of grace. Come on. Good. Thanks so much, Joel. Hey, um, the following question is a dance reference if you're not familiar with it. So I'll just give you that. But um, does anybody uh, raise your hand if you have rhythm? You know you have rhythm. Raise your hand if you know. You have rhythm. It's not prideful. You're not arrogant. I see a lot of half hands, and I'm not sure what that means. That's uh, I think I have rhythm, not sure if I have rhythm. Uh, Raise your hand if you know somebody who thinks they have rhythm, but they really don't have rhythm. A lot more hands there. Yes, uh, raise your hand if that's the person who raised their hand originally and you're thinking, come on, you know better. You're in church. Don't you dare uh, lie. Uh, moving is not rhythm, just so you know, because your body is gyrating. Uh, it's not appealing at all times. It's, rhythm is, uh, well, I'll get into what rhythm is. I, 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 some people will say that rhythm is something you're born with. Some people will say that you can learn rhythm. I'm not sure. I do know for a fact that my son, Justice, was born with rhythm. Uh, he was a baby, and we would play music in the house, and he would grab his little spoons and forks, and he would begin to play drums. And we saw the gift and uh, bought him a drum set, little toy drum set, and immediately regretted that decision. It was a terrible decision. We should not uh, have done that. Uh, I know if you guys follow my wife, Liz, on Snapchat, you know that our youngest son, Zane, has rhythm, loves to move his booty, loves it. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm okay with it. But I just want to be honest with you. I don't mind that he likes dancing. It's that sometimes he goes low. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes he drops it. And I'm like, you're three, and this is not okay. You know? So my wife encourages it. She's like, get low. I'm like, No. I'm like, hello, what's wrong with you? And, uh, and my wife has rhythm for sure. My wife has rhythm. If you've ever seen her Snapchat, she's got rhythm. Um, the question is, you're probably wondering, Pastor JC, do you have rhythm? And I guess it really depends on who you ask. If you ask me, I would say yes. If you ask my wife, she would probably say no. But it, only because she's never seen me dance. But what she don't know is... I'm playing the long game here. We're only eight years married. I'm trying to save something for years 10 and through years 20. You know what I'm saying? You young guys getting married, don't, let me just let you know right now, you don't let it all out in the beginning. You got to hold some back. Keep them guessing. Keep them, at our 10-year anniversary, I'm going to come out doing the, you know, just the merengue, just out of nowhere, just backflips and stuff. She's going to be like, what? I'm going to be like, I told you. Just wanted to keep you, you know, guessing. Um, (laughs) uh, You can tell if someone has rhythm, uh, most noticeably during a song, most noticeably during worship when people are clapping. Uh, And, you know, and you're like, what a powerful name it is. What a powerful name. And then the guy next to you is like, what a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus (laughs) Christ. You notice know that, um, and, uh, and, and the reason why you notice it when clapping is because if we're just going to kind of break down rhythm, rhythm is really the ability to feel and anticipate a beat. It's to uh, move with it and om- move before it happens, right? Uh, rhythm is the ability to, to, to feel and anticipate a beat, to understand what is coming and what is happening. And to move with it. It's really bad when you don't have it during a song. It's really, really bad, though, if you don't have it and you try to dance. Because you can't anticipate the beat. And so when your partner steps forward, you step forward. You step on her toes. It's embarrassing. You didn't know when the beat was coming. So you try to go for the spin. But she's going for the dip. And it's just, it can be dangerous. And it can be discouraging. And it can be frustrating. Which in dancing is not so bad. Because, you know, the worst thing is you get embarrassed and that's it. The problem is rhythm isn't isolated just to music. The problem is that life also has a rhythm. And when you're in rhythm with life and with your day and with your week and with your year, it feels good. I don't know if anybody can understand. I know it's a bit of a metaphor, but Jesus used it in the rhythms of grace. When life is, when you're in tune with life, when you've got the rhythm, things are going well. You know what I'm saying? Like all the lights turn green. You know what I mean? Just you all oh, the lights turn green. Your tax return comes back, and it's better than what you expected. You know what I'm saying? Your kid says thank you, like when you serve them breakfast. You're like, wow. Like I feel like I'm in rhythm. Your wife kisses you before you go to bed, like, and and it's a good kiss and a long kiss. You're like, wow. She really loves me. This is God. I'm a man. you know have rhythm, and and uh, and it feels good, right? But 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 it feels sometimes uh, not so good when we fall out of rhythm. Um, if you'd Look at someone, like I said, who was dancing, and it just there's a confusion to life. You don't really know what's happening. There's a frustration. You can't keep up sometimes with what's uh, going on. I think Jesus described it best. When you get out of rhythm in life, you feel tired. You feel worn out. You feel burned out. And it's deeper than physical exhaustion, right? Because like I said, how many people, you sleep 10 hours one day, crazy, and you wake up and you're tired, right? You can relate to that. You you And then your wife or your husband comes home and says, and you say, baby, I'm tired. And they say, well, what have you been doing all day? Nothing, just laying here on the couch. So why in the world are you tired? Go get a job or something, you know, you argue with them. Um, But it's because the physical rest doesn't help because we're not just physical beings. We're emotional beings. We're spiritual beings. We have a soul. And sometimes, listen to me, our soul gets exhausted. You wouldn't be able to describe it to someone who didn't have this kind of a language, but if you did, you'd probably say something like, I don't know what it is, I just feel off. It's your, it's your soul's way of saying, you're missing the beat. I, I, feel, I feel off, I can't really put my finger on it, but I feel like I'm just, I'm trying, but it's like things are happening when I wasn't expecting them to happen, and I, I was too fast, or I was too slow, and I don't know really what to, what to do, and I want you to know that your problem is not isolated to you. In fact, it's the reason why Jesus Christ came to earth 2,000 years ago. It's because the world was offbeat. There was murder and there was pestilence and there was disease and there was uh, rape and and there was uh, uh, bigotry and hatred and racism. Even then, and Jesus looked at it and he realized that this wasn't the world that God created. If you look at your book and you turn in your Bible to the first page of Genesis, that's a world that here's how we describe it, a world in harmony. You see the music themes throughout scripture. It was a world that was on beat. But we, we did we, and we kind of went our own way, and we, and we, we, we messed up. Jesus came to fix the beat. And then you say, well, actually, I don't know if Jesus did come to do that because uh, uh, the world we live in today sounds a lot like that today. There's racism today. There's murder today. There's pestilence. And that's because you, 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 you misunderstood or misunderstand what Jesus came to do. Jesus didn't come to change the world. Why? Because if he had changed the world and left you the same, we'd just mess it up again. Jesus came to change you so that you could change the world. In other words, he didn't come. In other words, Jesus didn't come to change the song. The song is the song. Stress, strife, struggle. You know, as the whisper said in the 1979 disco single, and the beat goes on. Anybody, 1970s? Come on. Just it's just us, guys. It's just us. I'm just, and the beat goes on. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Anyway, the beat goes on, guys. <laughs> the stress, the struggle, the strife. And you might have never heard it this way. I know you've heard that Jesus died to get you to heaven, or Jesus died to wipe away your sins, or Jesus died to give you hope in a future. But can I give you another metaphor? Listen, Jesus died to teach you how to dance to take the rhythms that life throws at you, to take the song that life throws at you, and that no matter what the beat, you'll be able to make the most of it and enjoy it so that you can take the trial and you can spin that trial. You can take the struggle and, and you can you can sidestep that struggle. You can take the depression and, and you can lawnmower the depression, you know. You can take the, take the debt, you know what I'm saying, and you can Q-tip the debt, you know what I mean. He just, he came to teach you, you know, it's a hitch reference, Uh, the dance. He came to teach you how to dance, to make the most of it. Anybody know somebody who knows how to dance? And I don't mean physically, but emotionally. Like the worst things of life can hit them, but they come out of it smiling. They come out of it happy. Don't you hate people like that? Right? It's like, no, you just got into a car accident. Stop smiling. What's wrong with you? supposed to be upset. You're supposed to want to find somebody. You're supposed to want to throw something at someone. And here's the trick, guys. They learned how to dance. They understand that no matter what happens, God wins. God's got their back. And so listen, this might be tough and this might be hard, but at the end of the day, I win. You know, that's what dancing originally was. When you look at the Old Testament, you see some dances. All the dances have one thing in common. Specifically, the two main dances we see in the Old Testament, one was uh, the people of Israel, when they come out of slavery from Egypt, you might have seen the movie, uh, Ten Commandments, and and they come out, it's crazy, there's so many Bible movies now, I don't even have to say a Bible verse, I could be like, you saw that movie when it came out, and they used to be slaves, and they were no longer slaves, and then all of a sudden, they start getting tambourines, start singing songs, and everybody starts dancing, David one time, he beat his enemies, and then he gets out, and he starts dancing, you know what both things had in common? Victory. The reason why we dance is because we know we have the victory, even when we should be crying. This is what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 30, verse 11. It says, You turned my mourning into dancing. In other words, I should be crying, but I'm not going to cry because I know how this thing ends. And so even though the world is crying, I'm going to be dancing. I know it's not the best situation. I know it's not good. I know it could be better, but I'm going to make the most of what's going on. I refuse to let this get me down. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to dance. And so that's what I want to teach you to do today. I want to teach you to dance emotionally and spiritually through the different rhythms of life. And to help me illustrate the message today, I've asked one of our married couples from the church if they would help. You're going to meet them today. Their names are Jean and Natalie Quejar, and they were with us from the first day Journey Church started. They have been heavily involved in everything from Journey Kids to small groups. They have an amazing uh, married couples small group. Are you a, if you're a part of the married couples small group, would you... Make some noise you're part of the married couple small group yeah they have an amazing married couple small group if you are married and in a couple you need to be there it's great they meet every week you can find more information out at the black tent um but they're great they're also going to help us today because they're multi-talented and they're actually really good dancers and so uh they're going to show you how to dance through the rhythms of life and the first rhythm that we're gonna learn about today is the fast paced rhythm of life. Anybody's life moving faster than it feels like you can keep up with? Anybody's life feel like that? Crazy, hectic, maybe you can't keep up. Sometimes life is like that, moving so fast. I look at them, let me just tell you it is a myth that all Latin people can, can do that. Just want you to know. Uh, a person, I'll be the first to tell you I cannot. Um, that's way moving way too fast for me. Um, I, need, I need something simple. I need something with the steps laid out. You know, I need the cha-cha slide. You know what I'm saying? Two hops this time, that's what I need. I need the song to tell me what to do when I do it. That's just, the, just me. That's how, that's how I, I am. Um, but there's definitely a rhythm of life that, that is like that. It's fast-paced. We feel like we can't keep up and we get a little bit tired and exhausted. Again, Jesus said it best. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? Are you moving so fast that you don't even know where you're going anymore? And your tomorrow is kind of, are you getting beat? Are you getting beat down by the beat? I remember two years ago, I had four jobs. I actually had to write them down because I forgot because there were so many of them. I was finishing, and, and going to school, I was finishing my master's degree. I was preparing to become a professor at a university. Full-time youth pastor, traveling and speaking around the country, about to release my very first book. Hello, God. Amazon, twelve ninety-nine. You can still get it. <laughs> um, being a husband and a dad, uh, I was doing it, and one day the camel's back broke. Um, it was a—I still remember—I um, had to get to class early in the morning, and so I, I didn't get to see my kids wake up, and then I had to stay late to do some counseling at church. And I didn't get to say goodnight. And it was the first time that I could ever remember me being in my city not being able to see my children. And I was upset. I was upset because I realized that I had lost the rhythm, but I didn't know how it was that I became offbeat. Why could I not anticipate what was happening? Why could I not move and see it and make the necessary changes? And when I looked at my life, and maybe you will agree to this, When I looked at my life, what I found out was that the problem was um, they were all good things that I was doing. Teaching, pastoring, writing books, pouring into people's life, counseling, those are good things. And here's what I've learned. Listen, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. He'll put so much on your plate. That you would be moving and moving and moving and moving. And what once was enjoyable is now exhausting. Remember when you used to like people? Do you remember that? Remember when you used to call your friends to hang out? Do you remember that? Somebody say, yeah. Remember? This one gets a little more home. I'm not judging. I'm, just, I'm with you sometimes. And I've been there. Remember when you used to like coming to church? When waking up in the morning was like, you can wait to get here. This one gets a little more personal, but that's kind of what we do at church. Remember when you used to like praying? And now it's just exhausting. Maybe the things of God aren't as appealing as the things of God once were. It's, it's, it's not that you were bad. You, you had good intentions. You wanted to help. You wanted to serve. You wanted to provide for your family. My wife is a stay-at-home mom. I had four jobs because I had to. My intentions were good. Listen, the problem with us is not our intentions. It's our instinct. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I need my wife to come help me out. Uh, how many of you give it up for my wife? This is the first time. This is her first time on Journey Church stage ever. But uh, we already talked about that. It's not going to be her last time on stage. Uh, she could preach, y'all, so she's going to be preaching uh, soon. But uh, I, to illustrate to you that the problem with the fast-paced life is not our intentions. Maybe it's not even the beat. It's, it's our instincts. It is, we're going we're to dance, okay? So um, this is, like, the first time we've danced since, like, like our wedding day, okay? Um, I mean, we danced just, you know. Anyway, so... Uh, we're going to dance salsa, okay? Now, you know I can't dance salsa, but we're going to try, all right? And so, uh, and so hold my hand here, okay? I think this is how it goes. Oh, I'm going to have to move the mic. Okay, here we go. All right, can we play that music one more time? Salsa music? I didn't prep you guys for this. I know. I'm sorry, but can we just play it one more time? Okay, keep it low, though. Keep it low. Keep it low. Keep it low. All right. Ready? Go. No. You did it wrong, babe. Get it wrong, babe. Okay, we do. It's okay. But don't worry. We're gonna do it gonna get It's just two hundred people watching. It's all right. No worries. <laughs> Try again. One more time. Play the music. Ready, set, go. No. This is, where, this is where we went wrong, okay? This is where we went wrong. I don't know how to salsa dance, okay? Like I said. But I did do some study and I did do some research. Here's what I learned about salsa dance. The hardest part isn't remembering the steps. It's the chemistry with your partner. Because when you dance, there's two parts. There's a lead and there's a follow. The woman is traditionally the follow, and the man is traditionally the lead. I don't know if you've caught on yet where I'm going with this, but the Bible says in Revelations that we, Christians, are the bride and that God is the groom. The problem is we're trying to take steps that God hasn't taken first. I'm the lead. She's the follow. The problem is not with her intentions. She wanted to move. The problem was with her instinct. Just because she heard heard music, she started to dance. But just because you can't dance every time you hear music. And you can't say yes to every opportunity. And you can't help everyone who wants help. And you can't jump into every job that gives you a, a, a job. And you can't even say yes to every promotion that comes your way. And every raise that comes your way. Not unless God takes the step first. Because if you try to move without God, listen, if you try to move without God, then it's not dancing anymore. It's effort. It's running. It's walking. It's strife. But we move and we hustle and we move because we think it pleases God. But can I just take the weight off of your shoulders right now? God is not impressed by your achievements. Not only that, he does not care for your achievements. He doesn't care how fast you move or how much you get done in life. He doesn't sit back and have a tally up there and he's like, oh, that was good and that was good. And now he got that and that. You don't have to do it. He's not impressed with what you do. He's impressed with who you are. In other words, listen to me, in other words, he just wants to dance. He just wants to dance with you. Thank you, baby. You did great. Give it up for her. We hear music and we're like, oh, I got to do that. Oh, I got to take care of that. Oh, oh, come on. So what? I got to do that. I got to do that. I got to take care of that and I got to move that and I got to because we're humans and in this American culture that we live in, we're rush, 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 pace, pace, pace. But are we taking steps that God has not taken first? And if we are, that's where we get tired, not in action and being disconnected from the source. I try and tell all my young guys and ministry and my worship leaders and my future preachers and campus pastors and all that, ministry isn't exhausting. Only when you get disconnected from Jesus does it tire your soul. And your life shouldn't be exhausting either. It only gets exhausting when you disconnect from the one who makes it all enjoyable. Without him, that's when it gets tough. That's when it gets rough. That's when it gets bad. That's when we get discouraged. This is how God told me to tell it to you so that you'll remember it and never forget it. If you're taking notes, write this down. Don't outrace the pace of of grace. Don't outrace the pace of grace. Jesus said, are you burned out on religion? I love that. Not because he's saying. He's saying, are you burned out on Christianity? Religion and Christianity are are two different things. Christianity is a relationship. Religion is something different. You know what religion is? Christianity says, Jesus did it for you. Religion says, I got to do it. Christianity says, I'm not perfect. I don't have all the answers. God did it for me. But religion says, you got to do it yourself. In other words, Christianity is, let me give it to you. Religion is, let me try and make it happen. Let me force it. And you can't force God's blessings over your life. You got to be patient and you got to wait. He will bless you in his time. He will heal you in his time. He will get you that job in his time. You will have that house in his time. You will get married in his time. You'll have kids in his time. But you can't force what God wants to give. It's a rhythm and you got to let it happen and flow with it. But if you just hold on to your partner, he'll take you where you could not go by yourself, amen, amen. I had one dance move, man, back in high school, one dance move. I used it all the time. The Harlem Shake It was my go-to. Anybody remember the Harlem Shake back in high school? I don't even know how it goes anymore. All I remember is that it was the only thing I could do and I would jump on the dance floor and I would try to do it to try to impress people. Because I thought that that's what they wanted to see—movement, me acting, me shaking—and God is like that. God's like, it, I, w- I wish I would have known Liz back then, because she's so good at calling me out. She just saw me do the Harlem Shake in the middle of the dance floor and said, "Stop it, stop it." You know, and sometimes I feel like God is looking at us and all of our rushing and all of our rushing, and He's like, "Stop it. Who are you trying to impress? Come on, I love you just for you." We don't got a Harlem shape. We don't got a South step. We could two step if that's all you know. We'll just, we'll just do this <laughs> if that's all you know. I don't care. What makes life enjoyable is that I get to do it with you. That's what God says. Not that you move so much. And you know, it's not just the fast rhythms of life that take us. Sometimes it's the slow rhythms too. The slow rhythms of life, where the the, the fast rhythms of life can 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 uh, distract us and they can uh, steal our energy, but Sometimes the slow stuff uh, can get us to, you know, some of you guys are thinking, oh, that's cute or romantic. Some girlfriend just held her boyfriend's hand real tight, and uh, I know it happened. Um, Somebody. Uh, You probably look at that and you think, oh, that's cute and that's romantic and that's nice and that's that's great. But um, that's one way to look at slow music. You know what another way to look at slow music is? Have you ever driven somewhere in the middle of the night and put that song on? I thought, I remember I was driving up to, across the country, when uh, yeah, across the country to Arizona from South Carolina, and it was my turn to drive, and I got the midnight shift, and I put on that music, thinking, I was single at the time, why do we do that, single people? Like, that's the last thing you need to be listening to. And I put that song on, and not only was I depressed, okay, But um, the reality is I almost fell asleep and killed everybody in my car. Um, Because sometimes slow, listen to me, is discouraging. And yes, sure, there are times in our life when things move fast. But is there anybody here today who can relate to the times in our life where we wish things would move faster? Slow moments. Maybe your business isn't growing as fast as you'd like it to. Maybe that prayer that you asked God to answer years ago still has not been answered. Maybe the addiction that you've been waiting to break, that you've been struggling with your entire life, still you have not been able to break that addiction and you're wondering if God hears you. You're wondering if he's going to come through. You're wondering if he's even there. Sometimes the rhythm is slow. And at times like this, the process can be frustrating. Because there isn't a lot going on around you. You're just there, and it gets tiring. And it gets, come on, I'm getting, this is getting old now, and I want to see a spin, you know. I want to see a dip, you know what I'm saying. I want to see a, 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 a parade. I don't know what that is. I made that up. Um, I want to see, uh, see some excitement, you know. Can I see some things are just going kind of, I'm kind of getting bummed out. And we get discouraged because things, enough things aren't happening around us. But I got great news for you. You see, because although it looks like there's not a lot of action going on around Jean and Nata, what you can't see is the pace of their heart. As they look into each other's eyes and they remember and remind each other how much they love each other, the butterflies start to run and, fl- and flutter. And so even though on the outside there's not a lot going on, on the inside, their heart's moving 500 miles per hour, which is my point. And if you're writing it down, I want you to write this down. Just because God isn't doing something around you, it's because he's doing something inside you. When it looks like God's not working around you, come on, this is encouragement for someone who still hasn't found that job, who still hasn't found that person, who still's who income is not where it's want to be, whose family is not where it wants to be. When it looks like God's not working around you, it's because He's working inside you. Patience, appreciation, intimacy, character. These are the types of things that God develops in us while we slow dance. I remember in the seventh, was it seventh grade? My first slow dance ever. Seventh grade. Sean Ronfola. You were better, babe. You were better. You were better. Sean Ronfola had a crush on her. And, uh, Finally got the opportunity. Now, I was a big talker. Um, preaching is my calling. It's also the way God made me. I always talked a lot. And um, and it was all cool until she said yes to the dance. Like, I didn't think that far. You know what I mean? And so I finally asked her out. I'm like, would you like to dance? Middle school dance. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, wait. I hadn't thought that through yet. And I, and I got, and I started to dance, and it was like, how low is too low? How high is too high? I tried to figure out the right spot. And then it was just, you know, you've seen seventh graders dance. You know, this is, this is it. And, but what was, what was, what was the worst about it was that it was so awkward. Because there was nothing I could make fun of. That was my defense mechanism, humor. Nothing I could make fun of. Everything else had faded away. The room was dark. It's just me and her, and it's like, all I can see is her. I'm just like, what happens now? I don't, I'm not really sure. That's really actually a great picture of the slow seasons of life. The reason why God doesn't want so much activity around you is because he wants it just to be you and him. And so the things that you're asking for, God's like, I would give it to you. But the thing is, if I give it to you, I would be in the background and you'd be dancing with that thing instead of me. And so what I really need to do is I need to let everything else fade away. We need to slow the pace a little bit so that when you look to the right or the left, there's nothing else that can steal your attention. All there is are my eyes. And when our eyes begin to make contact, you'll begin to look at me. I'll begin to look at you. And as our relationships develops, there's going to be things inside of you that are going to be building and growing. You got to learn to slow dance with God and in life to enjoy the process because the process is a part of what's going to get you where you want to go? The process is good for you, but the process isn't necessarily easy, right? Let's be honest. Some of you guys are in a process right now, and you're thinking, well, that's easy for you to say because you're not in a process. Well, uh, I am in a process. I'm in a process right now. I started a church, and you guys don't get here until 1040. You know what my process is? When the first song is starting, and I look back, and there's five people worshiping at a church at a church that I left everything that I know to start. And at that at that moment, can I tell you, there's no one else to distract me. <laughs> and and I and I used to be. And in the first three, four, five weeks, I, I see preachers like to tell you about the stuff they went through years ago, because it makes them seem more holy. I'm gonna let you know about the stuff I went through last week, okay? When there was four people here at the first song. And then by the third song, 200 people. At that point, when there was nobody else here, and, and not a soul behind me, and Isaiah and Gabe were jamming out and, and just worshiping to four people in the front row singing. It was, and it was all family. And I'm about to get upset, and I'm about to get depressed, and I'm about to get discouraged. I hear God tell me, whispering in my soul, eyes up here. Eyes up here. Don't get distracted. Focus on me. I'm building something inside of you, and I'm I'm preparing you because one day this church will be a 1,000 people, 2,000 people, 3,000 people. One day there will be campuses all over Central Florida and another side of the country and other parts of the world. But in order for it to get there, you've got to, JJ, you've got to get to a certain place, and you can't get to that place if all you care about is full seats. You gotta care, you gotta get to a place where you care more about me than you do about the sea. So eyes up here. If you're slow dancing in life today, let me let me speak on God's behalf. Hey, 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 eyes up here, eyes up here, eyes up here. Don't get sad, don't get depressed, don't get discouraged. It's on its way, but I gotta build something in you. Eyes up here, fall in love with me. The process is hard, guys. Real hard. Let me tell you how to get through it. Not only is it eyes up here, let me give you the second half because it's a two-step slow dancing it is. The first step is enjoying the process. But in order to do that, you got to know the second step. And I'm going to tell you the second step right now. I'm going to show you a picture. Uh, This is a picture of Liz and I's first dance as a married couple. You're about to see me. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know they let 12-year-olds get married. (laughs) Thought it was illegal. And... uh, in the state of Florida, to let minors get married, but apparently, you see like a ninth grader and a tenth grader getting married right there, and um, that's why I let my beard grow, y'all. You don't want that as a pastor, right there. You don't. You don't want that as a pastor, and uh, and we're smiling and uh, and we're enjoying it, and and this is this is. Uh, let me tell you why I'm smiling. You don't know it, but. Liz and I up until that point both had been single over three years. Um, for some people that probably doesn't sound like a lot. For other people that might feel like an eternity um, but I had gone three years without a relationship, not even not a, not a, not a girlfriend, not even like a, not even like a, like a prospect. And it was, let me tell you, it was intentional. I felt God tell me at that, at that moment I need you to learn who I am want to live with me before I give you this thing, um, this blessing. And I didn't know when I met Liz, God was telling her the same thing. She, by the time we met each other and got married, and it was, had already been exactly three years for her and exactly three years for me before meeting somebody. We were going through the process, but I'm smiling in that picture because in about seven hours, I'm about to get the promise. <laughs> Now, hold on. <laughs> now, hold on. We got children's church for your kids. I'm just saying. If you don't like what I did, put them in children's church. But I swear I'm making a point, okay? And the point is this. Listen, I'm smiling in that picture because I can see the promise right about the coming. When the process gets hard, learn to fall on the promise. Abraham slow danced with Sarah. These are two people in the Bible. You know, they went 80 years of marriage before they had their first kid. 80 years. But well, you know what they remembered, what they told themselves when they, got, they started to get discouraged and depressed? They told them, they remembered the story of, of God walking into their camp years, years before and saying, hey, Abraham, hey, Sarah, you're going to have a baby. You're going to name him Isaac. He's going to be awesome. When they got discouraged because the process was taking too long, they fell on the promise. Yeah, David, King David, the one that knocked out Goliath, he was slow dancing with sheep for years. Slow dancing with sheep. Sally the sheep. Hey, Sally, I know this is, I, I was supposed to be king, you know? They, they told me I was going to be king, and I, I got to be This is depressing, man. All my brothers are out there fighting a a fight, fighting a battle. It's just me and you, Sally, me and you, just a problem. Man, you know what? I remember when Samuel came. He came into my house, and all my brothers, he didn't pick any of them. They found me in the back. It was just you and me, Sally. Remember when I had to leave you that afternoon because they called me? It was because of that. He called me, Sally. He brought me up, and he he got a horn, and he put oil on me. He said, and I promise... One day you're going to be the king of Israel, and you're going to slay giants, and people are going to write books about you, and stories about you, and 3,000 years later, there's going to be somebody speaking about your life. I know the process is taking hard, but remember the promise. I bet Mary, the mother of Jesus, I bet she had to get reminded of the promise when Jesus is 10 years old, 15 years old, 20 years old, 28 years old, and he hasn't done one miracle yet. She's looking at her boy, who's now a carpenter, thinking, are you ever going to turn into the savior of the world that they said you were going to turn into? You're making tables right now. You haven't done anything. You haven't spoken a prophetic word. You haven't turned water into wine. When is this going to happen? But I will not forget when the angel Gabriel met me in my home said, blessed are you, Mary, women above all women, for in your womb lies the hope of the world, Jesus. He will be the savior of the world. He will be the king of kings and sit at the right hand of God. Nations will come from him. I got to remember the promise. You know, dancing, I found out when they actually perform it, it's called the recital. Did you know that? And the reason why it's called a recital is because by the time they actually get to the thing that they're doing, where everybody's watching, they had been doing it for weeks and months, some years before it ever got there. And so they call it a recital because by the time everyone else sees it, you've already been doing it. But they call practice rehearsal. So you have your rehearsal, nobody's there, and finally you get to the recital. God told me this. He told me slow dancing is slow dancing through through the stressful, slow Boring parts of life when it feels like nothing's happening is two parts. Listen, it's rehearsing and reciting. It's practicing the process while telling yourself over and over the promise. Man, this is boring, man. Not a lot going on. But God said. And if, and if you've never heard a word from God, let me, let me throw a word on you right now. Jeremiah 29, 10 through, 10 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Come to me and I will give you rest. Just in case you didn't have a promise, there's about a thousand of them in the word for you. And if you ever need a promise, get in your Bible. There's a ton of them there for you. And so if you find yourself in a slow moment, enjoy the process you
0: recite the promise God said God said said. thanks so much for joining us today we hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message we'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life, if you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option. Or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.